0: Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to On Gakuri, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of April twenty 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me, we have Luna.
1: Hello, everyone. Oh, hayo, minasan, ginky.
0: Oh, ginkies indeed, and, and that's pretty much it. That's been the standard as of right now. How have you been? What you have been listening to as of late?
1: I've been busy so i i guess i'll break down what i've been listening to i've mainly had my r&b hip-hop playlist on in the car since it's summertime so a lot of yayui Diamond, such as her blessing song choose me melon soda some good summer jams already started playing cream's banana again because you know it's summertime also their track one last kiss is a great summer anthem for me as well Went back to Sunda Maji Soul Brothers. Yes, we are, because that is one of my big jams and uh, also popped up on my playlist as of lately. I actually did, since we talked about Red Velvet last week, I went and listened to their Bloom album, their newest Japanese album, and it's actually really good. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um I think Wild Side is probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. I thought cook- hashtag Cookie Jar was pretty good. Um, a Tai Tai, I do recommend it. I actually thought they did a very good job. They had a, some original, they had a lot of original songs on there, along with some that are Japanese versions of Korean ones. But I want to say kudos to them, especially seeing them on the Oricon. Kind of got me to realize, hey, I, I should listen to this also was listening to I Don't Like Monday's Lemonade Again and Tonight because those are two tracks I always go back to around this time of year. I also was listening to a new group I discovered, thank you, AOT, was Sim, S-I-M. And they have a song called The Rumbling that was used for the opening of Attack on Titan and, I, and I've and i never heard of them before until now. And I didn't realize they'd been around for quite some time. So I actually started listening to their music. And I really liked them because they are rock metal. And they have some good screamo in there too. So, but their Silence is Mine album from 08 was like pretty lit. Also was listening to Kira's new single that she does with Shimotaku called Hit the Gym. I really do need to hit the gym because my butt needs to get ready for summertime but you're looking for a fun track to work out to it i personally thought it was really good and then brought me back to her track mirrorball that she did back in december which is also really fun and was listening to a witch's queendom album again I love how personal it is and the track Queendom is very good because you just hear her do straight rap with no music for most of that song and I just love that she has the capability of pulling that off and it sounding very good and not to mention how personal her track Queendom actually is listening to the lyrics and I'm glad she was able to do that because not all artists are able to pull something like that off. I also thought the track like Where You At, Yen Block were really good. Um, but I do highly recommend checking out her Queendom album. And also went back to listening to Nishi this week, mainly because I bought something of his and I'm very excited about it coming in the mail. So I went back to Mara Kimiwa, I, My Prettiest Girl, and uh, Doshoka, some of his older tracks... And um also went back to listening to Adashi again. I always go back to freaking Adashi. And mainly, uh, I was with an do and turning up because, you know, great summer song as well. So and Kodakumi. I actually went back to listen to some of her mixture of some of her stuff. And mainly it was her um her last album DNA that kept popping up on my playlist, which is really funny. And uh, and also some tracks from her one on, and such as like lit. I also had uh, guess who's back stuck in my head off DNA. And um, hush hush was the big one I had chances all haircut so. Work That. Work That was my jam earlier this week. And our track party. So it's been an interesting week of music, let's put it that way. But Ken, what have you been listening to this week?
0: Uh, so I've been listening to a whole bunch of other things here. So I've been listening to the duo Sukola, which I think you would really like, Luna. So I would highly recommend them. Their new latest single, Owa. Is actually really good. I've been listening to Awesome City Club's latest single, Good Morning, as well. So that's been really solid. Um, Syrup's latest release, which is Sakaura Forever, is actually really good. A little bit different per the norm for composition wise for Syrup, but really good overall. We also got Genko by Wanima, which is actually really, really well. We also got Rainfall from Asian Kofun Generation's latest album as well I've also gimme by lucky tapes has actually been really solid for their latest single as well too so a little bit of here of various things there um other things this week I've been also listening to Minako Yoshida's let's do it actually the song of flame of love that album is actually really solid if you really want some good old city pop Uh, you can't go wrong with Minako Yoshida there. Uh, actually, I guess it's somewhat related, but he is an Asian-influenced artist. I've been- I was listening to Joji, actually. (laughs) So, his latest release of Nectar- uh, the song Sanctuary is actually really good, so. Just a random assortment of things here and there and obviously music corner and then stuff about our latest topic here. So if you guys don't know what happened within the past week or so, it was the lovely music event called Coachella. And obviously, I don't think we are in the right state of mind to go to Coachella. <laughs> so obviously, I don't know. Don't I might know. be. <laughs> well, Personally, I'm not, but that's just a that's just a whole. I think thing with the started.
1: everything going on, not this year. Too well, many yeah. people for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that. I mean, it's it, it's a big music event, and you know they've been really trying to open up to the international artists. So there's a lot of international artists this year that I was like really surprised. I mean, they've been kind of doing it. Over the last couple of years, but this is the most I've seen of a international influence done by Coachella, right?
1: We've seen so many because I know in the past perfumes performed, uh, Blackpink's performed. And I, I know there's a few others I'm missing. So, you know, don't, don't kill me about that. Um, But I feel like this is the first year we've seen a big influx of international artists. I will say, like, they had a whole section just for some of the international artists with 88 Rising, such as CL and BB and Nikki and Jackson Wang. And I feel like this this was a big year for international artists entering coachella
0: yeah no and i think one of the main liners here for this year's one that obviously we were going to talk about coachella regardless because of the fact that caddy caddy Pommy Pommy was going to be one of their big gets this year and then obviously 88 rising which is a whole other event in and of itself got a lot of good gets here and you know one of the surprise entries was utada Uh, to be honest, and that was something that was very interesting to see. Obviously, Caddy got a little bit more of the uh, attention, um, performance wise, because of the fact that she had a set amount of time, she had a huge concert lined up, it was about 40 minutes, give or take, while Utada only had, like, a what, 10 minute, 15 minute?
1: Yeah. Utada's, yes, Utada's was very short compared to Caddy's, and... Kiyoti was announced right away. I mean, she was one of the first artists that was announced for Coachella in the international community. And then Utada actually came, it was a surprise entry, in my opinion, because all of a sudden I saw her in the lineup for Coachella, and I'm just like, holy bleep, 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 this is a big, you know, a big deal. And, you know, along with some of the other artists announced, I know CL was somewhat announced a little early, but... You know, there was a lot of last-minute entries that I felt like outshined the artists who were early entries.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the whole thing right now, right? Because a lot of people were talking about the surprise entries. Obviously, if there, there's a little bit things here and there that I will point out here that that kind of co- caveats a surprise entry. So, I think Utada's was a little bit lukewarm because of the fact that, you know, hey, if Utada was properly announced, I think she would have got a little bit more of the fanfare than what she did at the stage.
1: <laughs> oh, I do agree because a lot of, so those tickets go fast and people buy them early based on who they see as some of the headliners.
0: Yeah. Yeah so i mean, I mean not not i mean not even that because let's just say this much i think after i'm after simple clean because she she arrived singing simple clean because why not because that that's the song that most international people would hurt would have known her for after simple and clean not many people were kind of into all the other songs to be honest
1: yes no i do agree because she played First Love, which to me is very iconic. And that is one song that means a lot to myself. So if I were the, hey, you're a hardcore Tata fan, you were going to be super into that. And one of the other tracks she did was Automatic, which was, you know, from her early career, one of her big yeah. ones, and yeah. to me, that's another one that shines out, and then she did Face My Fears, which is a newer one, and also Kingdom Hearts related, so people knew Simple and Clean Face My Fears, however, the other two, I feel like, unless you're a hardcore Tata fan, and have been well, following her career...
0: I mean, another thing is, too, not many people, well, I mean, people played Kingdom Hearts 3, but I mean, not compared to Kingdom Hearts 1. The first the 1st one
1: yeah, and the nostalgia you know, with the first Kingdom Hearts—I remember that when it came out in high school.
0: Yeah, so, like I said, people were kind of just like, "Oh, hey, you know, simple and clean," and then they the the anticipation or the crowd really just died after. That. <laughs> and you know, she really tried to bring it up, and a friend of mine, my 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 Japanese friend, even brought this up because she she was disappointed. That the crowd wasn't really into Utada it, it, because that's a huge get, honestly. But because of the fact that, obviously, they kept it under wraps as a big-ass surprise. The people that would have shown up for it, that would appreciate it a whole lot more, was not there. And I kind of felt bad for her on that. <laughs>
1: I did, too, because I would have been crying when if I saw her performing First Love Live and singing along. I was surprised about how, you know, and you hear it in the videos where you see everyone singing along to Simple and Clean, and then when she starts playing First Love, it's just quiet.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, First Love is a song that you would be kind of quiet for anyway. You would,
1: but you didn't, you know, like you could tell the hype really started to die after that. And that made me sad because her being there was a big deal to me. Like, I remember being like, holy bleep bleep, you know, like, I was super excited, and I'm like, oh my god, I wish if I could be there and see her, you know, if if they would announce this and I could have got tickets, this would have been really tempting. You know, she would have been an act I would have dropped and tried to fly to, because seeing her in the U.S. perform live is a very rare occurrence, I feel.
0: I mean, even international people that, other people that do not do gaming stuff, like or music stuff, was reporting on it. Like for example, Kotaku reported on Utada's appearance on this, and you know, Kotaku politics aside, because they're a very clickbaity uh, website, they they said it was a Kingdom Hearts heavies sound i'm like dude two songs out of four is not really kingdom hearts heavy but that's near no she would have done
1: simple and clean sanctuary and face my fears then i would have said it was kingdom hearts heavy
0: i think if they honestly i think if she sung sanctuary compared to face my fears i think that would have been a little bit more of a pop
1: (laughs) yeah i do agree and i'm kind of surprised but i understand she wanted to go with a newer track off bad mode and Face My Fears is on it, so I'm pretty sure that's why she chose that one.
0: Mm.
1: You know, now, I, I do like that she chose First Love and Automatic, just because, you know, well, to I mean, me, those two
0: saw, well, I mean, not even personally. I mean, automatic. Pers- automatic right now is in the limelight because of the fact that It is somewhat relevant in public space. If you guys are watching the show Tokyo Vice, the first couple episodes has a lot of Utada songs played in the background. You might not know it, it's Utada if you're not really paying attention to her early career. But because it's set in 99, a lot of her early songs show up in a club setting, obviously
1: well yeah because a lot of them were used for clubs because she has some really good mixes of them but that aside i mean i can see why she chose that it's a good promotion for tokyo vice you know and fyi that's on hbo max for those of you yeah. who want to check it out yeah. um, but i do wish if her set was longer i think that would have been very interesting to see what songs she would have chosen in addition to those four
0: yeah, no, honestly, I would have thought she just would have done Kingdom Hearts because when I initially heard that she was going to be on or that she showed up on stage and she showed up with simple and Clean, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it that, you know, it'd be much more understanding that she would sing all of her international songs, which is simple clean sanctuary and then face my fears. I, I would have been surprised if she pulled a song from her English debut. From her Utada album I would yeah. have been very surprised but I am you know it's understandable why she didn't do that
1: <laughs> yeah or one of the Evangelion songs because a lot of those garnished recognition so I'm surprised she didn't throw one of those in there too
0: yeah but that that's the thing though even Eva is more niche than Kingdom Hearts though
1: that I mean, to- yes and no, I feel like those songs, despite being at more niche, have still gained a good amount of popularity over the years as well.
0: Uh I I, I personally <laughs> personally for, for me that follows people that don't watch anime, if I were to ask them, Oh, Utada, they would mostly say Kingdom Hearts. For- oh
1: no, that is true. Kingdom Hearts will be the first thing when you say Utada that someone will say. You know, think yeah. of. That's no doubt right there.
0: Yeah, and like as much as I would love to be like, oh yeah, like you know. Her her ne- Evangelion songs are are popular. Don't don't get me wrong, but to a public setting, I think she chose the right for this. Um, it would have been really interesting for her to do it, but I also understand she probably couldn't get the clearance to do it, <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and I mean no, I think she did have a good set list of the ones she had to be honest and I think she made right with the choices especially if she was giving a certain time frame of this is the only time you have you have to do these songs you don't pick these songs within this time frame yes it makes sense
0: yeah but also like I don't know how big it would have been if it see. I'm I'm taking it from what this event is and what the type of people that would show up to this event would do. I don't think they would be popping off at would at a evangelion song. They, and th- that is evident very much so because of the fact that the only song that I saw on social media, on like TikTok and Reels and all that stuff, was simple and clean, and that really soured my mood
1: (laughs) yeah that's the one I knew she performed and I knew she performed first love because I have a friend in Cali and was very excited when she performed first love but that was because that friend has followed Utada since her early career so I feel like people like who have were very excited seeing automatic and first love while you know more of the general crowd at that event was excited about simple and clean
0: So, uh, it's, it's interesting, but it's kind of understandable why the songs that she chose was the songs that she chose, you know.
1: Oh, yes, I, I completely agree.
0: Yeah. But going on to Caddy's part. So, Caddy was much more interesting because of the fact that, you know, hey, she had her own stage. This time was her allotted time for specifically just her while was mostly had to be part of an act so to speak so caddy's part you can tell that the people that were there was mostly there for caddy and that was very evident when when she started singing pom 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 when the crowd was just well i mean that song is a song that you would trip balls to regardless but it is a song that people were just going off the hook for and then, excuse my old man language there
1: oh yeah no i completely agree and i mean not just i mean like pom 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 is obviously one um it's a great experience especially like you said if you're tripping on something um yeah and her whole performance was fantastic because I mean, just, like, her dancing, her outfit. I loved her outfit. It was just so wacky and cute. And it's very her persona, you know? And you really see her shine on stage with that. And you can tell, like like Ken said, those fans seeing Kyatty were there for her because they were so excited, singing all the lyrics, her songs, dancing around, doing the dance moves to Pon Pon Pon. And even in tracks like Gum Gum Girl, you could see how like into it all these fans were for this whole performance they were there for her and they were very excited and I mean like I loved seeing the fan reactions in this and even though I felt like Utada made the news more than Kyari did because I mean I honestly forgot Kyari was there when Utada news came out because that was everywhere but Kyari did steal the show because those fans were there for her and seeing the crowd Kiati got was amazing. Just seeing them sing and dance with her. And I do feel like, yes, most of them were there for her. But I'm sure the ones who weren't there for her, because of the type of music Kyari is, the electronic type of music, and also how her stage was set up. You know, there are some people passing by who stayed to watch it thinking, oh my god, what is this? Am I, uh, did I eat too many edibles or I'm, or I, or am I seeing what I'm seeing?
0: <laughs> yeah. So like overall, like, I, I really enjoyed Caddy's set list because obviously she hasn't really sung much in, in the last couple of years. And that, that's very evident because she's taking more of a laid back approach and more focusing on her image than her music career at this point, which is good. I mean, you know, get, get out well ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and so to kind of go back and kind of hear caddy's performance as a whole was really good and really uplifting to be like yeah you know these weird type of japanese artists can thrive on a stage like this because Caddy was the last person i would have thought Beyond Coachella of all things granted you know the acts that Japan did bring years prior you know like our senpai's perfume they aren't really the cut of the cloth kind of performance as well so
1: yeah and perfume got great um they actually I remember when they performed they got a very good uh what's it called um a good draw and people love them i mean that really that boosted their career in the u.s because they started doing tours for a while in the u.s after that and I, i felt like you know even though we think that that might not be the type of how do you say it the type of thing that fits here you never know some people really like that electronic electronic music and i feel like coachella is the perfect place for that
0: yeah, I honestly really wish that, you know, if Coachella was a thing back in the day, right when Caddy was getting hot, I think it would have been a little bit much more of an impactful performance of her showing up. Because, you know, like I said, Caddy at this point, is it at the eve of her career, she's just kind of doing it for the kicks at this point. And I think if... Caddy originally done this performance right at the beginning of of her career, I think it would have been much more impactful for Japanese music, you know, being a little bit on notice compared to just anime kind of thing. And I think it would have been really important for her, but granted, I think it also would have burned her out much more.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, I, I completely agree with that. I mean... i I mean yeah it's you you can easily easily tell i think it would have done very well for her and she would have got great reception but at the same time like you said you know it probably would have burned her out
0: yeah now like because like i said you know she she's what released like a, a good handful of albums i think that it i think you know, her fashion, the Pom 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 Fashion Monster, all those songs would have done very, very well in this kind of setting. And obviously, Pom 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 did because by the time Pom 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 was sung, people were going freaking nuts.
1: Oh my God, but they I, were.
0: But like I said, I think if they did it at the height of her career, because a lot of people were like, at the height of her career when pom 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 was getting introduced people were like what the hell is japan doing over there and i think it would have been really good to kind of capitalize on that but you know at that at this time at that time coachella wasn't a big thing as it is now
1: yeah no that is very true and just seeing how it Coachella now has helped a lot of international artists kind of break out a little bit more. if it was bigger that back then, yeah, this it would have been a great show for Kati to get her name out there, especially in that international community. And I think her popularity would have sky risen more than it did at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it would have it would have definitely.
1: But I mean, if you guys get a chance to check out the performance, I know Coachella has posted stuff and um, I do recommend it. They both were amazing performances. And I just want to say, like, for the international community, I felt like Coachella was a very good show this year and very inclusive. I mean, I'm not going to mention the other acts that I absolutely loved, but I just felt like they did a good job with so many artists this year.
0: I mean, 88 Rising was the the act, in my personal appearance, that I saw that, in my social sphere of influences, was the most impactful, so.
1: Yeah, and I, I was glad to see that, because 88 Rising did amazing with the acts they had, and just seeing their success, and people all over tweeting about it, and Utada being one of them was a big deal. I mean, Utada and then 21's comeback there, I think, really skyrocketed that. And Jackson Wang as well. Yeah. So, I want to say kudos to them because it it felt like a really good moment to see that.
0: But yeah. With that, let's continue on to this week's music corner here, and it is the lovely trapmaker Uduwashi. Now, this is This is kind of a first for us, because usually when we have a track maker, they mostly do the vocals. However, this is specifically someone who's only paying attention towards the composition and as a track maker through and through. You know, he started making content back in 2020. And, you know, while still young in his career, he always kind of already made a splash with really solid compositions that really hooked the listeners with nostalgic styles of beat and kind of emotional filled rhythms. And you know, his compositions are really distinguished by their gentle melodies and really emphasize on the quality of, you know, all the instruments that he used specifically like guitar, piano, and you know, like the synthesizers. And one of the things that I actually really do love from him is that a lot of these there's, there's no two songs, honestly. Having no traditional vocals in a track really kind of distincts yourself from the group from everyone else. And really, it doesn't distract you to how you could just get lost in every single track as well. You know, Where Did I Go, Fall In Love, Night and Day, and Waiting Around are some of the great examples of how you know stylistic he really is without really sounding repetitive and you know i kind of want to hear what you guys or what you thought about this luna because i i have an idea what gray would have said to udawashi but i'm very interested on you because we obviously have fairly similar music tastes on certain points and i think that this artist would have been really appealing to you
1: so Uruwashi is very interesting and I was not going into him I went into him blind I didn't look him up beforehand so hearing the different track master you know set on there just how his music is um it's very unique and it reminds me of club music and which is why I liked it and like you said no song is the same and that is very very true you can easily hear that each one is different, like, unique and stands out on its own. I like their no-traditional vocals, and that is the part, to me, that makes it the most unique. It honestly reminds me something, like, I would hear at a club, or just some chill music that would be in the background at, like, a, um, like a cafe, you know, some, depending on the style, and that's why I like him, because of the variety of tracks that he creates, and how he can versify each of those tracks. Like, for example, one of my favorite ones was Gold. I just like the, you know, the upbeatness of it. And that one, I just felt like a great club song. Um, and his Umami album from 2020 was very, very interesting. And I just like how all of them, they flowed together at the same time. They were all unique and stood out. I also like that they were named after food and it made me happy.
0: Yeah, and, you know, like other songs like Calling For You, actually when he did feature a, tra- a traditional vocalist, was really solid. I really like that song as well. It's probably one of my uh, standouts from him because, you know, it shows that you know, he's kind of like Yunezu to a point that even by himself, he's really good. But if he's paired with someone that he could understand their vocals, it makes it 10 times better in my point of view.
1: I agree, and that's the one thing that I like is if he does feature someone, it stands out. And I like your comparison to um, Yunezu because Yunezu has that music that really stands out in its own right, and that's how Uduashi feels. And it's really due to how he creates these tracks and just the just the music itself It is it it just speaks for itself. You don't need vocals in it, but when you do have the vocals, it's like that icing on the cake.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's for darn sure. And you know, while his career is relatively short, you know, he does have a various amount of works for fans to listen to. You know, he has over twenty digital singles and one album under his belt already. So there's no amount of things that you can't really not listen to and uh, not find a song that really kind of sticks to you guys but you know you can check him out on our site where we put out his website his twitter and his instagram along with the the track of waiting around as well so i i'm really glad that you were able to like him luna so
1: Yeah, I did. I found him very unique, and he also, I think it's just because it's so instrumental, you know, like track and instrumental centralized, that it makes it very easy to listen to, and you just, you know, you just, it has a good flow to it.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's for darn sure, that's for darn sure. But with that, let's continue on to this week's Oricon here, and the top 10 really had a nice little mix-up this week, so.
1: Oh, yeah, it did.
0: Yeah, that's for darn sure. It had about like four or five new songs on here this week.
1: Yeah, I was glad to see that because I feel like we're finally getting away from those same songs that we've heard every week.
0: Yeah, no, that's for darn sure. That's for darn sure. But with that, let's continue on to number 10 here, and it is Kaleido Proud Fiesta by Union Square Garden. It is very nice to see Union Square Garden on here because I knew as soon as I saw them the type of song that I am going to get. And um, while I'm not really surprised by it, it was really welcoming, especially now, especially with the type of songs that were released this week, you kind of needed a more high rhythm, upbeat composition with really solid vocals. I know if Grey was here, he probably would have liked this song as well as I did, but what did you think about this track?
1: I loved it. Um, I I like because it stood out, and one, I'm also glad to see Unison Square Garden on here. I feel like we don't always hear enough of them, but I thought it was very solid in general. I thought Colito. Uh, Proud Fiesta had a great composition, like you said. They always have good vocals, and it was a solid around rock song. And I think it was much needed on the Oricon.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure. That is for darn sure. But this week it sold a lovely twenty three thousand three hundred and fifteen points here, and going on up to number nine. It is Asobo by Niju. Now, I know my stance on Niju, and I kind of understand your stance on them as well, Luna. But what did you feel about Asobo? So,
1: with Niju, I'm really hit or miss, because they are very hyper. Like, their music is very energetic, and sometimes it can be too much energy for me. However, I actually thought Asobo was one of their best songs, you know, or better, at least better songs to say the least. I like that it was toned down, and their vocals were a lot more relaxed. It wasn't as high energy. I still think their rap felt a little awkward. I think if their rap weren't there, I probably would have actually liked a so uh, a sobo way better however i do understand that's part of their signature to have the vocals with the rap mixed in but all in all i mean i thought it was a one of their better songs and lately i haven't really cared for any of the songs they've released so a sobo to me felt like a kind of a breath of fresh air from them something not high energy more chill I still didn't hit the plus on it. It's still, you know, I don't think need you still for me, but I like this this type of music that they did. I like what they did for Asobo.
0: Yeah, and I guess that can go double for me as well because they really needed this song to work personally <laughs> because I don't, you know, need you need you. They really needed this because. I don't, I don't know. I honestly... I understand You" is very popular in the social media group, but that's not really doing it for me. <laughs> and, you know, Asobo really, really helped their chances to become somewhat more relevant in my point of view because, hey, they toned it the hell down, and they kind of needed to do that because all their other stuff... I think... I think... What was it? You" was the only other song that I think was a little bit much more toned down, because every if I hear Niju, it, it's honestly it's a kick reaction, because they're always going to be the, oh, we're going to be the uppity girls that has the rap. And it, you can't really escape that with them.
1: Oh, yeah. That's very true. It's just their signature. It's just part of their music.
0: Yeah, no, no. It's honestly it's it's been like that now. And I, I really hate that it's like that, <laughs> but it is what it is, you know. Regardless, Asobo did fairly well at 23,382 points here. Going on up to number 8, it is Butcher by BTS. This week it sold a lovely 23,585 points. Going on up to number 7 is Ichizu and Sakana Yume by King New. Not much more we can say about this song. This week it sold a lovely twenty six thousand and twenty two points, and going on up to number six, it is a group called it is Love Dive by a group called I've I, I- IV. I- I'm not too sure about the pronunciation of this group.
1: I'm not sure either.
0: That they are a not a newly de- group uh, debuting girl group, but they are a. This is their second release. This is their second Korean release. Uh, they are a Korean group, obviously. Uh, uh, in Romaji, it says I V, so that sounds about right that it is Ivy here. But what did you think of "Long Dive" or Love Dive?
1: So, it was okay. It honestly felt like every other k-pop girl group that's coming out so for me it just felt by the very by the numbers and that it's just gonna get lost in the mist and it it, to me nothing about it stood out to make me pinpoint this group as unique and I hate saying that because I I have a soft spot for k-pop girl groups I always have However, a lot of the ones you know, like if they really wow me, you see me going on Yes Asia and buying their stuff ASAP. Unfortunately, with Ivy, that's not the case. Like the Love Dive did not wow me. It didn't. It felt just like it's gonna be one that um, that's forgettable. It, it just had that same style, same type of vocals, right? You know, the same thing as every other K-pop girl, girl group right now trying to get popular. And it's unfortunate because you know, I fall into that. I I love girl groups, but I'm glad to see them on here and see something new.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's very interesting because apparently a lot of people say that this their concept is is much more different compared to other K-pop groups but i honestly can't say that i know you probably cannot say this as well because you know we're not we're not really focusing on that market obviously we're just reporting on the japanese side of this and out of all the groups that made their debut or made their appearance on the oricon chart here i don't know i can't I honestly, without really, I'm just doing a kick glance at here because we're not really looking into their stuff. I don't know what's different, to be honest. I don't and know what is. I different.
1: don't either. And you know, like Ken said, I don't listen to a lot of. We do. We we're not a K-pop podcast. We don't listen to a lot of it. I occasionally dabble into it, but the thing is, is I haven't listened to anything current. Lately, so I can't tell you what would be different from Ivy versus other groups.
0: I mean, and also because, you know, how drastically K-pop has changed, even in the last, like, five, ten years, you can't really say, I can't really say that K-pop ten years ago was the same as K-pop is now. You really can't.
1: Yeah, and that is dead-on correct,
0: so even if, like, if we mentioned a group from 10 years ago, that's, like, forever ago for people in that, that really pay attention to that genre.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, for me, that's the K-pop I grew up with, is I grew up with the stuff from 10 years ago, and it's drastically changed. So my opinion is kind of lackluster, because that's the K-pop I still listen to.
0: Yeah, know. And well, th- you know this this is the group I think that that does Monster X I think, or that this is the label that covers Monster X for the most part.
1: Um, I'm not see. I'm not familiar. I can't remember who Mon who Monster X is under. I've lost. Fortunately, I'm out of touch because.
0: See, there's this. There's this other group. Well, I think. It would wjsn i don't even know what who they are cosmic girl it says here but now i'm just peering over to their korean label right? it's starship tv's youtube again oh. like i'm just peering over here and it's very interesting like to say the least. like if i was if if we were on the opposite end and we were doing a k-pop podcast i think we'd be really excited for them because I think they took a break from their debut, and they had a long, a, a very interesting comeback with this. So I mean, more to them, I understand why they're on the, on, on the list here for the Oricon. But for for me, I couldn't really grasp what was really unique and special about them, and that that just could be because of how we take a stance towards looking at K-pop from a glance here
1: yes yes exactly because this is just us looking at looking at it from a glance and just you know i i know they only have this is their only their second single so it's interesting to see like i am curious to see where they'll go from here and i'm sure we'll we might end up seeing more of them but yeah um and Interesting. I also looked up their label, and they that label had Sistar, which was one of my favorite groups from back in the day.
0: Yeah, I was uh, going to say even Sistar, Like, I don't say I don't even know when to pinpoint who was the pioneer of this. I think I think it would be G, Girls Generation, right? It would be the 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 group that really pioneered this specific style. But even though even then, Girls Generation is so much different.
1: Now than it was this. then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is very true. And I mean, there are girl groups before that who maybe pinpointed the sound, but the big one that made news was Girls' Generation, you know, and led the way for so many other girl groups who tried and just didn't make it over, you know, in Japan and had a good Japanese career.
0: That wasn't a club sounding feel because I think a lot of the cl- more. Club dance sounding groups, female groups, obviously made their way over here and did very very well. You got Four Minute, you got Twenty One, and all that lovely jazz. Kara, but but they weren't
1: club. Jewelry, but jewelry didn't do very good.
0: Yeah, baby. A lot of them, a lot of them made their release here, and if I if I know of them, I I consider that a success overall. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, that that's getting far from the point here, you know. It was very good to have Love Dive on here because, you know, it, it's always good to see a Korean song here. However, we can't really honestly give it our fair shake or judge because of the fact that we don't really pay attention to K-pop. So.
1: <laughs> yep, that is very true.
0: But regardless, this week it sold a lovely 26,230 points. Uh, 34 points here and going on up to number 5 it is call 119 by Eni. Nee. <laughs> See you, you compare with call 119 to Love Dive I think <laughs> I think Love Dive is a much more better song
1: <laughs> Oh no I completely agree with that
0: 100% But regardless call 119 so the lovely 26648 points here and going on up to number 4 it is Samidaredo by Sakurazaka46. If you want to hear our impressions about this, it didn't really change, to be perfectly honest. You, you can listen to last week's podcast about that, where we kind of just went into rip about them. But <laughs> this week it sold a lovely 31,248 points here. And going on up to number three, it is. Nando Date Yatsoku by Aquars See I don't know if this is Aquars last song Because they keep coming back and I keep Always like thinking like oh yeah Aquars is done yeah no th- They're not going to release any more singles and Then, then they do this
1: <laughs> Yep same
0: So, I know you Personally are a huge I, Which one do you like more? I gotta really ask Which one did you like more? Did you like Aquars Or did you like News more? This, I this like is the Muse two more. main groups from, from, from Love Live. I if, honestly if like
1: Muse more than Encore's. However, it, it really depends on which song. But really, yeah. for me, it was always Muse because I think I like the characters more in Muse, which made me in turn love their music more. But I also think well, I mean, Encore's, despite me not fully loving all the characters, I yeah. absolutely love their music because they had some solid tracks.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. And, you know, it's very interesting to kind of just see how Love Live is doing their traditional groups. Because sometimes Muse has a release. I think Muse had a release last year. And they're dead as dead can be because all the CUs kind of moved on with with, with Muse. So it's always a big get for them to come back, and that's what I thought happened with Akhors because, you know, you have the 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 new anime with the, the the I'm forgetting what the group is called for that one, but I think it was like Niji something, Niji Gakuen or something. like uh, I don't.
1: Niji Saki, Niji, Niji,
0: something we're, girls we're... high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I don't think they have a traditional name. I think they just named it after the high school that they're, yes. they're a part of, if I remember yes. correctly. But, you know, it's not like they have a Muse or Aquars where they have their own sp- specific name for them. But, you know, I thought Nando Date Yatsoku was really good. It was really solid. One of the songs instantly, as soon as I heard the first chorus and put that plus, so- plus sign on it. Um, I also put slide d Dai's version. No Diaz version, so
1: Oh yeah, no, but, I absolutely loved um O uh Nandate Why am I forgetting? Yakusoku. Yeah, Yats. Nandate Yakusoku. And I so I know you probably like Diaz's version. My favorite version was Give me a second. Uh, mine was Rico's. But I mean like. I honestly. I, I loved it. I thought it was a great track. And it also makes me love. A course in general. Because I feel like every track. They put out. Was great. I mean. That's the thing. They've consistently put out good songs. And I do love that. I know it is a big money grab, but they have Nandate Yakusoku a version for each girl, and I also love that aspect of it because then you can listen to some of your favorite girls or your favorite seiyus with that and hear the different ways they portray Nando Date Yakusoku.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure here and. Uh, <laughs> It it's it's always a surprise to see Akwar's kind of come back, and I really like that fact that they did. And you know, if if once once we get past you know the whole stigma of uh, like you know the these these styles, you know, I I really find it really telling that Love Live is the group or the series that we actually really love compared to Idol Master, <laughs> and Idol Master did it first. <laughs>
1: Oh no, I agree. I completely agree.
0: I just find it funny that we attached ourselves. I think all 3 of us attached ourselves to groups that are from the Love Live series compared to Idolmaster as as well. I mean, there are some outliers obviously from the Idolmaster group, but overall if we were to say main groups from Idolmaster compared to Love Live, it's no hands down that we prefer the Love Live releases. So, yeah. Regardless, Nando Date Yakusoku sold a wonderful 55,478 points here. And going on up to number two, it is Hanawa Dade no Mono by STU48. I think they really needed this release. I'm just going to go out right here and say that. They really needed this release to stick because of the fact that I don't know what stu 48 is anymore because they got rid of the boat their whole thing was we perform on a boat i am surprised that they have this release because it is you know stu 48 is a very interesting group i really want to do a deep dive and kind of break down what happened with them eventually because of the fact that this is technically a all-star group of other of the other sister groups combined with them. And the whole thing was that they perform on this boat. And once the, I think even before the pandemic, I think once the, the the pandemic really kind of put the nail in the coffin of like what this, what the speciality of this group is and they kind of been just in free fall of what are they? And I really appreciate that they or I, I think they really need this release to do well. But what did you think about Hanawa Dare no Mono?
1: I really liked um, Hanawa dare, dare no Mono. I thought the composition was really good. Their vocals were good. And this was one I was not looking forward to because like you said, you know, they, for me, have lost me the last couple ones, and they just didn't know who they are anymore. I think hanaway uh, Dare no Mono really came back, helped them come back, and find themselves a little more. I like that it's a more, it's a little bit more of a slower song, more relaxed, and it showcases what they can do. And I was surprised about how much I actually enjoyed this song.
0: Yeah, no, that that's for darn sure. And you know, overall, I think the the single was really good. You know, they they really relied on more of their vocals this time around with this release, which is which is saying. And I think I think that goes with us, me and you, particularly Luna, when when idol groups like this rely more on their vocals compared to the uppity composition. I think it is a much more bigger hook for us, or much more of an appeal to us. You know, great rather have the, you know, uppity music because that's the style of music that he prefers when he needs to listen to music. But I think if once once these forty eight and forty six groups do that, it it's a l- much more of a bi- better pill to swallow of what they are compared to the uppity composition.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I feel like tracks like Hanawa D- uh, Dereno uh, Dere no Mono showcase, you know that the that idol groups can do slower tracks that they have the vocal capabilities along with the, you know they're not just high skill, you know hyper high energy music and dancing, and they can still do their dancing. This. I didn't watch the video. However, I think they show that musically they can be more diverse and show a different side of them. And I really like that. And it stands out in Hanawa Dare no Mono.
0: Yeah, no, that's for darn sure here. Regardless, Hanawa Dare no Mono. So the wonderful 158,107 points. Yeah. And going on up to number one, it is loving you slash Odoru Yoni Jinsei-O by King and Prince. Double A-side single. It's been a while since we saw King and Prince, you know. It's, it's, it's a good release overall. But I think this really kind of goes hand-to-hand of what we've been saying earlier. Or uh, all these times about this group. They are literally the next generation for Johnny's. And that style. And wholeheartedly so did this release show that.
1: And I agree, like, especially in Lovin' You, and it was a track that was needed, and that's actually my, my preferred one out of the two, but... I mean, you can hear the traditional Johnny's influence in love and You," and you can tell this is what's going to make them and pull and is pulling into that next generation. And I love that. I mean, I I like the cuteness of it, the vocals. It is very Johnny's, especially when you watch that music video. My heart was melting. It was it was much needed, super cute, like a very solid release. And I did like Odoru Yoni. Ni Junseo as well. However, Loving You really got me. Like, I was so into it.
0: Yeah. We don't advocate watching music videos to judge a song, but for the most part, you should watch the music video for Loving You.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Your heart will melt. It is adorable. I, I cannot say enough. And, I mean, yes, the song itself is great. Like, I really enjoyed it. However, that music video really does make you form a bigger connection with the song itself by listening to it and watching it together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Granted, it's not really good to do watch on a desktop. I think this was specifically made for the people that, you know, watch mobile.
1: (laughs) Oh, it was. I watched it on a mobile.
0: Uh, It it did um, form to fit to your screen, right?
1: Yes, it did. (laughs)
0: so yeah yeah no like like i said they need these kind of songs and i think these style of music videos do very well specifically for this type of group and i think idol groups in general if if they were to do something song about love songs and a little bit more personal style and taste, would be to do a music video like this i think all groups should do that personally but that's just me
1: I do too. I like personal tracks like Love & You because it g- feels like you get closer to that group. You form a bond and a connection with them, and that's what draws you into their music. So I think Love & You is the perfect way to do that, especially with idols.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Granted, you know, <laughs> you know, we're saying a lot about this for Love & You. I mean, Adodo Yoni was was really good, was really good, obviously. But I understand why this was part of a double A side release compared to, I, I don't know if we would have liked it as well by a single release, I think. I think this song really benefited on the fact that it was part of loving You.
1: I agree. I, I think it was the best way to go. And I think they go hand in hand in their own way. So, you know, and if you watch one, if you watch Odoruyoni, Jinsei-oh, right after "Loving You, it's just a good flow to it. And, I mean, yeah, you might compare a little, but it also shows King and Prince that they have that, they're continuing on that traditional style. And it's very befitting, so, but "Loving You is my preferred choice.
0: Yeah, and it's a different style of Johnny's as well, you know. It's not, <sighs> see, I don't. I don't want to give them that crown of Adashi yet, because no other group has really grabbed that crown of what Johnny's is like Adashi did. But I think King and Prince is really damn close.
1: Oh yeah, no, I I agree. I, I'm not. I don't want to give them that Adashi crown yet. However, I. I would like to see where they go from there. And I like that they're keeping on that traditional style.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we can't really judge this until we, you know, listen to Nani Nhiwa you know, upcoming single. And to see if they are going to continue on with more Johnny style as well. But compared to Stones and, 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 um, I was, oh, I almost called them snowflake. <laughs> Snowman, you know, compared to stones and Snowman, you know, King and Prince of Nani Nimodanchi are holding that crown of what is traditional Johnny style, and I think, especially after the fact that that Odyssey might not continue, I mean they're on hiatus, they say, but I don't think they are going to come back.
1: I don't think so either. It makes me sad, but you know what? They've done their time in the industry. They've made their mark. You know, if they come back, that'd be great. They don't, well, I mean, we had, I mean, they were, they will always be there and still be talked about.
0: Yeah, that's, that's for a darn sure. But, you know, that hole within Johnny's has been, you know, made and the junior groups have really showed up i'm i'm really impressed by all the junior groups but king and prince really showed up after that i i really gotta say that
1: oh yeah no i completely agree
0: so and obviously it sold very well as well you know 11 new slash uh, doru yoni jin seo so wonderful! It sold over four hundred sixty nine thousand, you know, copies here because it is mostly CD only. I mean, there is streaming, but it's only streaming for Japan, so not much we can really judge here. But it sold phenomenally.
1: It did. I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah. So with that, let's kind of continue on to the the albums here, and you know, it's very interesting i want to say here you know we got some outliers we got i just want to say by the newly rebranded uh what uh what Tashio she Reina. Re- oh i think it's just ray i think she rebranded herself as that yeah it's just Ray it, it, now it's from yeah uh, it's just ray right you know she is from yes. e-girls i think you would know a little bit more better about this rebranding than i would but <laughs>
1: Yeah, she recently rebranded. I mean, E-Girls has disbanded now, anyway, so it's a good time for her to just go solo and go on her own, too.
0: Yeah, so this is her first solo album. Um, You know, I just want to sing, and obviously the song Call Me Sick and Dark Hero is the main point of this album, (laughs) but...
1: I know, I'm looking forward to diving into it
0: oh i was just gonna ask is is ray someone that you were really kind of sticking close to after her? her i wasn't
1: i i only followed certain artists such as like dream imi and dream shizuka but i she piqued my interest because it is my style so i've been kind of like going back and also listening to a lot of the e-girl subgroups that i would listen to on and off and getting more into them so but she's someone i do want to look into a lot more
0: that's the funniest thing that i always thought was kind of interesting from 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 you know the e-girls and people that went solo from e-girls you know you got dream i Dream dream and stuff like that and i <laughs> i find it funny that it's not really like you know we because uh, ray ray was originally from flower and i don't you know, why didn't she just say Flower Ray or whatever? <laughs> Things like that. I always thought the interesting naming scheme of people from Dream specifically kept on Dream Amy or Dream whatever their solo act was. Uh,
1: yeah, and I, I know Dream also, the name Dream, carried a big, you know, a big thing in the industry because if you, you know, those you don't know, Dream originally started, I want to, oh my gosh, like 2000s, I... I i can give you an exact date later my brain's blanking but you know they started with three members they formed and they had like eight, seven or eight and then they went back down to like five and then they went to four so like Dream's been around for so long and but it's interesting that she just went by her name ray which i like that better than flower ray because i feel like it's a good way, <laughs> way to distance herself from the group itself too I mean, not, yeah, yeah. To, not to show that, you know, she doesn't like the group, but to show that, hey, I'm on my own. I'm doing my own thing type of, you know, thing.
0: Uh, just just give me Kaede, please, please. I, 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 I... Happiness was my group, and I'm really mad still that that no one really continued on <laughs> from the happiness. I
1: mean, you never know. I feel like a lot of them do more modeling, too, and yeah, everyone yeah, went in their own direction. Um, like if so. I was
0: a uh, more of a, uh, LDH person going head deep with that, I think it would have been a little bit much more interesting for, for me to follow these girls after, after, you know, happiness got dissolved into e-girls and after e- e-girls got dissolved, you know, some of them, I think, I think some of them really did continue. I'm not really sure. Let's see here.
1: And I wish if I would have followed it more. However, I was so into Dream. That was the main one I followed. And yeah. I, now I'm starting to go back and listen to every, you know, all the other groups and get all their stuff. But uh, my regret is not really following some of the other ones as much as I did because I do enjoy all their music.
0: Mm-mm-mm. You know, like some, some of the girls did continue on, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, Anna Anna is what with um what's her name? Uh Yurino, Yurino they they have their own YouTube channel I think that they they have been kind of going on with so that that's good for them so <laughs> It is But you know it's good for Ray that she got this this solo album under her belt and made the top 10 you know that's there's a lot of uh, solo albums that really don't obviously so oh it's, yeah it's i really agree that she she was able to pop the top 10 here even with the low amount of numbers that she did get unfortunately it it's good bonus numbers to be like hey you know we were on the top 10 kind of thing
1: yeah no i agree i'm glad to see her up there and that we could talk about her and get her name out there a
0: little more yeah no that's for darn sure and, you know, you, you got a little bit of an outlier here. At number six, you got <laughs> The Night Snails and Plastic Boogie by The Yellow Monkey. I believe they are a very interesting band. So, to each their own there. And it sold fairly well here. Um, uh, obviously, Fujikaze with Love All Serve All was a crown hit here. At number five, you got amizurashi with his latest album, at, as well as at number four, "My Hair Is Bad" with Angels. At number three, and then you got Husbando's with the VTuber from Niji Sanji, the Rafa Mao, with their album "Crack Up." You know, Niji Sanji. If if you guys don't know what Niji Sanji is, it's it's probably one of the other big VTuber. Groups out there obviously competing against Hollow Live and and Hollow Stars. Hollow Stars is the male version of that. You know, Niji Sanji has been a very pivotal part of expanding VTubers and that specific subgenre as well. So it's good to see them on here with this release. Obviously, taking number one is no small feat, and it did very well as well with fifty thousand sales. So. But with that, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku You You can follow all our lovely affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is a retro Twitch streamer. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Koryu Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-R. You can also check out TimberTab, who is a variety retro streamer as well, at twitch.tv slash TimberTab, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out your sister, Luna Rose, who is probably really excited about the plate system in Final Fantasy XIV. Granted, they, they've been overhauling that entire system as well, as we're speaking. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainstarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out Fangirl has her, has no name, who had released her book. I talked to her about it, and I really want to do the Audible version of it eventually. But you can check her out at Twitch.tv/slash uh, Fangirl has no name. F A N G I R L H A S N O N A M E. You can also check out the podcast that me, Lou, and Tim Berdou called source We talked heavily, 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 heavily about Kingdom Hearts three. So if you want to hear Kill and I's takes about Kingdom Hearts 3, go listen to that. We also talked a little bit about Horizon Forbidden West, if you care about that as well. But go check it out at Koryu Hunter, same as his Twitch handle on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYKen1. You can also follow Gray at OnkakuGray. And where can we find you, Luna?
1: You can find me on several of the social medias, such as Letterboxd, Twitter, my anime list, Anime Planet, Kitsu as Luna Maria 87, L U N A M A R I A 87. And you can find me as Nerdy Collector on Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram, where I mainly post about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. What I purchased recently and my crazy cats.
0: But yeah, I want to say once again, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of UnGoku you I'm your host, Ken Sen. Thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha.
1: This is Luna wishing you a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to today's, today's episode. Jamatene